Look at that. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Now, ZoomerCon will have to come from the best part of six lengths off the lead as they're by Menzies Lagoon. Poetic Choice Legend rules. The Villains a long way back too with Midnight Boom as they're on the bend. Dratini is giving them something to catch around the corner. Dratini was short of 200 to go. Two in front of By the Music, Balsara. Anarchy to the outside. Dratini less than 100 metres out is flat out but holding them all at Bay and Dratini too fast. Dratini beat by the music. Zumacon. Terry Spargo's call of Dratini winning at Kilcoy recently. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements. How are you, Tony? Um, good, thank you, Steve. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And, yes, we're rounding up a couple of firsts again this week. Dratini there, the first winner for Louise Dillon as a trainer, taking out that uh, benchmark 65 over 1,200 last Tuesday at Kilcoy with Terry's call there, as Steve mentioned. We're also going to talk to Savannah McCann on the show today, who had her second day at the track race riding, but her first day in the winner's stall. Made a, uh, a good thing of it, too, with a treble at the program at Moorambar on the weekend. Monto, it was the Burn It to the Beach series on Saturday. We'll update you on what happened there. And also the uh, Ken and Gordon Russell Memorial Open Handicap taken out by Roland with the Flow. The Roma Picnics are on the weekend at Bassett Park. There's uh, some news coming out of that. Also talking about what happened at Cloncurry and Longreach on the weekend. We've got lots to get through and I shouldn't forget it was Streaky Bay Cup Day in South Australia on Saturday. So plenty to talk about and as always to help us do the talking is Rob Luck. G'day Rob. Yeah, good morning Tony, plenty of country racing and news uh, coming out of that weekend and of course Tony, something linking back to previous weeks with the National Apprentice uh, Apprenticeship Series uh, Queensland's heading the race as we head into tomorrow, is it Eagle Farm tomorrow I think, we were 47 points leading after Emily Lang got the double at uh, South Australia last Wednesday, so go Team Queensland uh, tomorrow yeah, we had a chat with Sophie Wilcock after the first leg at Darwin a couple of weeks ago and it was great to see Queensland uh, in the lead there and great to see the Maroons continuing that fight and we wish them all the very best and safe riding, yes, at the uh, Eagle Farm program tomorrow. When we last spoke to you, Rob, you were uh, getting ready for day two at the Magic Millions sales. You'd put your hand up and manage to find yourself a better-than-ready filly on the Monday. How'd you go on the Tuesday? Yeah, we managed to put our hand up again a little bit later in proceedings with a passed-in lot with Clear Mountain View, a lovely Rothsay filly. Uh, there were quite a few buyers across the state. Tony, um, again, enjoying that cutest smart sale. Look, the sale ended up pretty strong. I think from about the middle point of the second day through to the end of the day, it really picked up and, of course, highlighted by that first-season stallion, Dubious, getting top uh, price of 170000 uh, Put Tony Gollan stable uh, picking up that dubious and he did extremely well dubious as a first season side the average is down compared to 2022 is down about 3,000 it dropped down to 36,000 and the median dropped from about uh, it went from 30 to 26 but the the clearance rates picked up from the first day um, from to about 80 it was 80 around the 80 percent mark down from 84 but it uh, a little bit tough at times but the uh, the quality was there Tony and that's that's what sold particularly well but there were some bargain buyers in there for buyers. And, of course, the attention now goes to Rockhampton. We shouldn't uh, forget to mention the Capricornia yearling sale, and I was a bit late getting my catalogue because it was diverted through the mail. <laughs> and, boy, oh, boy, I picked up this catalogue, and the first thing that struck me 
was a number one the number of horses that people in the area would know having raced in the area for example i went to lot 102 and i saw performia uh with its uh, foal in there the yearling in there by neo realism uh, craig smith of tra- course trained performia very first lot in the book is Tefuto bianco that raced in the mackay rockhampton area the second thing that struck me is when you look through some of the families, I felt like I was looking at the March Cuter sale again because Lot 7, a classic example out of a mare called Tidley, which is out of a mare called Wobbly Boots. Now, Wobbly Boots was the last lot through at March, went for, I think, 64000 to Tony Gollan, and uh, Wobbly Boots, of course, the dam of Zarzon, a, a listed winner. And the other thing that struck me was the first the, uh, the first dams on the page the number of black type that came through, plus multiple winners in their um, their bloodline. So this is a really strong catalogue. I think Magic Millions and the Capricornia Yearlings will be really pleased with this catalogue. Gets underway 11am on Sunday. That's this Sunday coming. Robert's, the Robert Schwarten Pavilion, the Rocky Showgrounds. Of course, online bidding available. And... Uh, Get hold of this catalogue because I reckon there's, as there always is with this particular sale, there's some gems going to come through it, Tony. Yeah, there's a good day of racing ahead as well at uh, uh, Callaghan Park, Rockhampton, Saturday. It's uh, this year's edition of the Capricorn Yearling Sale two-year-old classic and the three- and four-year-old classic. Rob, our first guest is about to join us. We heard Dratini's win at Kilcoy last Tuesday to start the show today. Now trained by Louise Dillon, these days with a dual licence, but was on the sidelines to watch Kelly Gates bring Dratini home ahead of Bye Bye Music and Zoomicon. And she joins us on Bushbeat this week. G'day, Louise. Thanks for joining us. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good this morning. Thank you for coming on board and congratulations on your first win as a trainer. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, Louise, Rob here. When when did the training program commence for you? I know obviously you had a dual licence and you were riding back around the 2016-17 mark, had, had around 36 winners in your career, a couple of bad falls, but when did the notion to become a trainer and hang up the, uh, the jockey silks uh, come into play for you? still been riding sort of up until about Christmas last last year um I, it was kind of on the cards for a little while because I sort of I'm not really getting any younger and <laughs> when I hit the ground these days I kind of just stay there so I was sort of um <laughs> I, I was riding and and sort of co-training with um with my partner at the time and and I, I was obviously still an apprentice there for a while like a mature age apprentice so I was kind of doing both and and then once my apprenticeship finished I took out my license um, and took over a couple of the horses that we had in the stable um, but they didn't go very good <laughs> so yeah so I've, I've got the other two boys now and and hopefully they'll go a little bit better <laughs> Look, he might be a seven-year-old, this all too hard, but uh, before the spell, when he was with uh, Brendan Jones, and I noticed Brendan's still in the ownership um, group, would be pretty exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. No pressure on you before the spell. He got the win, but he's come back first up and produced the wins on the day. Yeah, look, he's a really tough old horse. Like, he's he's hard to ride and train. Like, he wants to go everywhere at 100 mile an hour. So you sort of got to be really careful about how much galloping you do with him. Um because he does, he sort of wants to leave it all on the track. But like I'd, I'd done a lot of groundwork with him, a lot of like a lot of base work with him. And, but I was still sort of half half whether he was going to be fit enough to go to the races um, off one trial. But the the owners obviously they wanted to have a go, and and we thought oh, I didn't nominate him originally, and I thought I'll wait and have a look at the noms because I was going to trial him on the Tuesday. 
um, again and had a look at the noms and they were extended. So put them in and said to them, well, do you want to have a go or not? And they sort of said, yeah, why not? <laughs> so away we went. And, yeah, so it worked out pretty well. But he had me he had me worried there for a bit. I was sort of went up all night looking through his books thinking, have I done enough with him or not? I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Always amazing, isn't it? You can't win any money in a barrier trial or uh, sitting at home in your boxes. So nice to be able to take no, you to the races and come home with a cheque <laughs> like that. That's exactly what we sort of all talked about. And I was like, well, you know, he'd probably go out and win the trial, but <laughs> it, it was whether or not he was going to be fit enough for 1,200 instead of 1,000, and he, he did a good job. How have you found and the delegation. transition from going from uh, from riding to training? Now, you know, you go out there when you're riding as a dual licence and you've got in your head how it's going to unfold, but then yeah. you leave someone like Kelly aboard. You know, do you have to pass on any riding instructions? Or, well, she knows what she's doing when she gets on a Yeah. Board. No, not to Cal. Cal and I are great mates. We're, we're really good friends. I'm really lucky to have a friend like her. And she she watches the horses all work. I, I obviously still ride their work. And she knows her and I talk about them. And, and she's obviously got a great relationship with Dracini. So that worked out really well. And, and I don't tell Cal nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that relationship's pretty strong, isn't it? The, uh, yeah. Two wins, oh, she's... two wins out of three before the spell, uh, all with Kelly. Yeah, yeah, she's fantastic with him. She knows how to ride him. And, like, he's the sort of horse that likes to roll along, you know, and, and not really have anybody in his way. And, and him and Cal just get along super, you know. It's really good to have, have someone that clicks with him like that. How many times do you hear that when you, you make the comment that uh, they get on well, he likes to roll along? so important that jockeys understand with some horses that you, you don't try and tell them what to do. You let them do what they do best. Oh, 100%, yeah. That's a, I mean, he he's, as you say, he's seven-year-old. You're not going to change him now. You want to try and sort of ride him back or whatever. It's it's not really going to work for him, and he, he knows what he's there for. <laughs> so, you know, he just needs someone to, to get him out the gates and sit there and stare him, and, and that's what Cal just does brilliantly with him. She's, I mean, the two times I've ridden him at the races, I couldn't get him out the gates. <laughs> Myself, like every time I trialled him, he'd jump beautiful for me, but we'd take him to the races and I don't know if it was him or me, but we couldn't get out. <laughs> you've, you've got another one in the in the stable, Sockham Sid. Now, I was just mentioning the Capricorn Yearling Sale, of course, that feature race is coming up uh, and the weekend. Uh, Sockham Sid headed that way at all? Yeah, he's nominated. Um, we're working towards it and hopefully he will go. Um, we've had a couple of issues just with his feet and stuff over the last, last week but um i think he'll be right so we're still um hoping that we're going to get there <laughs> and Dratini going as well well i think so yeah as long as um everything pans out the way we've sort of got it you know hoping for it, he'll go as well and have a go might be a little bit tougher up there for him and the straight's a bit longer but <laughs> we'll see hopefully he's he's pulled up super so there's no reason really not to take him has he backed up before in a, a quick space like that he has, yeah. He ran a second at the Sunshine Coast, um, and then I think it was another 10-day backup. He went to Gatton and won, mm -hmm. um, and that was his first win up here in Queensland. So, yeah, he, he does like to back up, and this morning um, he was very, very fresh and well, <laughs> bouncing around, coming off the track, so he's pulled up good. Rockhampton might have a long straight, uh, Louise, but uh, the front runners tend to do uh, pretty well there. They'll be able to dictate their pace, and it might just suit Dratini down to the ground. Hopefully, yeah. The race looks pretty tough, um, but like I say, like he, he'll try. So that's all you can ask for, really, yeah. isn't it?
Exactly. Um, how many others in the stable for you? That's it. Um, at the moment, my mum and I just bought a tried horse last week. Um, he, he won't come in. He'll spell for a little bit and then we have a go with him, but I won't. Two, two and three is enough for me. I go all day as it is. <laughs> I don't really need any more. I'd be there. I'd, I'd never go home. <laughs> I was going to ask that, but you're trying to balance everything between you know that side of the working life and everything else that goes on in Louise Dillon's life. I imagine things can be get pretty hectic from track work in the morning all the way through to tea time. Yeah, 100%. Nothing really else goes on apart from the horses. <laughs> they take up the whole day. I've got the two that I actually raced um, initially under my licence. Um, I they, they were like my favourite boys, so I've kept them as well. So I've got them too. <laughs> so I've got the race horses and I've got the two the two favourites. And, and um, yeah, there's just a lot that goes on. It's just, it's all horse related. <laughs> I know you've had, you've had the dual licence, but what so far what do you prefer would you prefer to have had the chance to continue being a jockey or the trainer's life suits uh, best i think i actually really like the training side of it i i loved riding i really did love riding but i think it got to the point where i felt like i wasn't doing a good enough job of it anymore um and it, it really uh, upset me if i wasn't going out there and doing um the best job i could you know like i I um, fractured my neck and my back and I'd lost a bit of confidence and, and just wasn't quite the same for me. Um, but the training side of it, I was doing so much of it um, anyway before I took out my licence that it just kind of naturally sort of took over and, and, and I just really enjoy it, like getting the horses there and, and doing all that work. It is a lot of work. but And then when obviously you can hand the reins over to a friend who can you know who's going to go out there and do the best job for you. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> many, many jockeys have made that transition from the saddle to the stable, so to speak, and I've, I've spoken to a few over the years and they've said, no, this is much harder, this training lurk. If you're a jockey yeah. and something goes wrong, you just come back in, sorry, boss, you know, didn't handle a track today or missed a start. When you're at the trainer and you've got to face the owners and say, come up with the excuses for them, and that's a little bit tougher. <laughs> yeah, that's dead right. Like, it is... Yeah, it is. It is. There is a lot of work. Like, it's just, and you're always thinking. You're just always thinking about what you need to do and what the horses need. And 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 organisation has just never really been my strong point. But I've I've somehow been forced into finding it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the bunch of owners uh, in Dratini were were very happy when uh, he came back to Scarlet winner. They were. They were over the moon. And they're a great bunch of people too. So it's really, really good. It's it's uh, very, very supportive and, and positive about everything. And he, he's been a pretty good horse. Like he was tricky to work out when he first came up here. But he, he's been really good since we've sort of figured him out. Um, he's, he's been very good to us. Louise, wonderful to have you on the show and congratulate you on your first win as a trainer. Hopefully it's the first of many, many winners to come, even with the small team there at your Sunshine Coast base. Congratulations again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Louise Dillon joining us on the show this morning, Rob, and uh, great to be able to keep showcasing these uh, jockeys and trainers who have had their first along the way. And we've got another one that we've been sort of waiting for this to happen. It was a bit of a false start. Uh, she had a, a fair day out at Bundaberg at her first day of race riding, but it all came together for Savannah McCann at Moranbar on the weekend.
They're coming to the turn. There's only three lengths between them, if that. Make it two lengths between them now. We've really got a race on here. Where Attackerville on the inside is narrowly in front. It's being attacked left, right and centre. Attackerville straightens up just in front. Coming at it on the outside was Splasher. Test of War is still there. And down the outside was Mr Larrabee. Attackerville just narrowly in front, but now it's headed by the others. On the outside, coming at them was Mr Larrabee. Splasher's just in front of Mr Larrabee. Head and head they go, Mr Larrabee and Splasher. Splasher's just in front, Mr Larrabee trying hard, but Splasher... Splasher gives the girl a double. Second was Mr Larrabee, third home. As Tony McMahon said in the call, Splasher gives the girl a double. The girl is Savannah McCann, who actually had a treble at the Morumbah meeting on the weekend and joins us on Bushpeak this morning. Good morning, Savannah. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, good this morning. Congratulations on your first winners at the track on the weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Savannah, you, you kicked off the riding at Bundaberg a couple of uh, placings, but what a way to get the first win, uh, your first ride of the day for Billy Johnson, legendary country trainer. And then, of course, you back it up with uh, two other winners on the day. How did you feel going into the, in the day? Did you think your chances you had were your best chances that you were going to crack that first win on Saturday? Well, listen, I thought, I thought at least one of them um, gave me a good chance, but like all... Like, it can go either way in the country. You really don't know. And depending on how the track is and, you know, your luck in it, then, you know, you really don't know. I think you I said Bundaberg. Yeah, sorry, Rob. I think no, I said Bundaberg. Go, go ahead. That Bundaberg meeting actually got washed out when we were almost expecting you were going to get your first winners there. It was Esquire. You had your, your first three place getters uh, or your first couple of place getters there. Uh, and one of those for your boss in Chris Munts. That would have been a bit of a thrill in itself, just getting to the track for your first day. Yeah, it was. It took a lot of time to get there, but once I finally was there, it was good to finally know hard work paid off. Yeah, you you had the grass track at Esk, and then you went to a very different track at Murrumbah. It's not, not the easiest track. You often see big margins, horses drop out, they don't handle the kickback. What were your impressions? How did you go about figuring out how to ride that track, and did you get plenty of advice for the other, from the other, other riders on the day? Well, actually, I used to live in Moranbara, and I used to, that's where I first learned how to ride a horse at Moranbara, so I knew the track fairly well, actually. I was with um, Mel and Billy Johnson, um, actually, um, and I'd already, I had an idea of how the track was, and I kind of just played the advantage, don't get caught in the kickback. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of inside information, Rob. <laughs> how, how fitting is that, your first winner for Billy Johnson uh, on Sizzling River, that... Uh, I'm pretty sure used to be with Les Ross or Pat Duffett uh, out of that sizzling Royal Yangtze family. Uh, look, and it was a dominant win uh, too. I, uh, I bet there was a desire to uh, stand up and get a photo at the winning post for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a good one. I was thankful. I only had one ride for him and I was hoping to make it a winner and we did. So my first ride for him, first winner, which was happy since they taught me everything. I was, I was actually sitting with Johnny Mansman at the uh, Cutest Sales when uh, he had a text or a phone call uh, saying that you were writing some for him. Um, just, just, I know Splasher was a, a good opportunity too in that uh, open plate. Uh, you must have been a little bit worried about this stable mate, Mr Larrabee, because it continually misses the kick but then storms home. But Splasher was able to reverse the placings on the, uh, the previous run these two had, I think was at Mount Isa. Just take us through that, that ride. Uh, you were pretty confident, but you had an odds-on favourite in Attacker Beal. Uh, but you were pretty confident with Splasher in that run? Yeah, well, see... 
I, with Tommy out and I'd seen Mr. Larry did what he does and missed the kick. So I took that upon myself and tried to get a good lead before it was able to catch up to us. And I just kept him chugging along. I didn't want him to lead. I didn't want to get caught in the kickback. So I just let the two first horses just run their race. And eventually they had run their race at the 400. And I just slowly made my way up out of the kickback in the good part of the track. Um, and once Mr. Larry come up, he gave us a bit of um, he gave us a bit of motivation because then Splasher was like, like just wanted to go then. So I was able to just keep him entertained um, and motivated the whole way with uh, Mr. Larrabee just behind us. Um, yeah, he come home well and yeah, he, he reversed the results this time. Savannah's yep. Sizzling River was uh, the first race of the day. You didn't have a ride in race two in the field of four and then Splasher comes out and wins your next ride in race three. Then uh, Tracy Simmons legs you aboard Chatilly in race four in the benchmark 45 uh, and you're sitting there on the second favourite in the race. The confidence must have been pretty high at that stage having written two winners from two rides. Well, once I'd figured out the best part of the track, it was quite, like, it's quite easy to man- manipulate where I wanted to be and... Um, how well my horses are going, uh, depending on where I'm going to sit. Um, but all my horses travelled really well, and once I was able to turn for home, if they weren't kicking, then they weren't winning, and all of mine seemed to kick up the straight. And because they were kept out of that kickback, they wanted to go forward, so I was happy to let them go forward. And, yeah, they all ran home very well and won by good margins. You, you must have been thinking going out the last time on the odds on favourite, uh, Marshy, for John Mansman. Uh, but Billy Johnson prevailed with Nevaeh Filet, and of course, race caller Tony McMahon was very happy with that because his wife, Jean Part, owns the Galloper. Uh, but Marshy uh, let the team down a, a little bit on the day, but it's one of those horses that had to come from behind, I imagine, on that track. Yeah, it's just a bit hard because it was. We had I drew the widest barrier on him and. It wasn't too easy finding a place, and I didn't want to get caught in. Um, so I decided to just let it chill out, let Marshy just do what he does. Um, and he did give me a good kick home in that, but if you're not leading, you're not winning there, really. If you're not intact with the leaders, then it's just a bit hard to try and gather all that speed up with, especially because we had quite a lot of kickback in our way, um, and I wasn't too fussed on how um, he travelled home because he, yeah, tried, um, but... Again, I'd already won three, and I wasn't worried about the fourth one. I was just happy to be there. <laughs> Talking about being there, can I ask you, you're based with Chris Munns. How did you yeah. actually get to Miramar? Was it a flight to Mackay and then out with uh, the Mansman team or something? How did you get there physically? So my so I flew to Mackay, um, and my mum lives in um, Dysart, which is just an hour away. So she wanted to come. She picked me up from Mackay, and then we drove to Moorumbah. So it worked out quite well, actually, having people around here that can come and help me get there. So your background is Murrumbah-based? Has it always been that case and, and a background um, in riding uh, in that area? Yes. I started... I was lived in Murrumbah for quite a bit and I went up to Mackay for Trinity Bannon for a while um, and decided once Mel and Billy had based themselves in Murrumbah that me being home, because I was only 16 at the time... Me being home was like a nice option to have, so I decided to transfer to Moorumbah, and I was there for a year and a half, and um, eventually um, made my way down to Brisbane to Chris, um, just because of the opportunities available and um, just the more learning and the more people around. And obviously, Chris Munch, you don't want to ever turn that down. Mm. Um, so I took my chances and went down there for. A, I've been there a year now. 
and um, learning heaps, obviously, when you can kick home three winners on the day. <laughs> yeah, it helps when you have support up here, which was a big, big factor in why I come up is because I had had stuff to do with John Manselman and I had had stuff to do with Mel and Billy Johnson and I'd, um, and Tracy Simmons and my father um, knew each other, so that was a big help um, and getting rides from her as well. And where are you off to? Where's your next riding engagement? Um, I'm going to Gladstone in on the 8th of April just because I'm having a week off at the moment um, just to, you know, um, it's just been a long journey and I finally got there and now I'm just having a week to myself and calm down and, you know, and then I'll go back next week to Brisbane and I'll, um, yeah, I'll head to Gladstone on the 8th of April. Nice. Oh, well, it's always nice to be able to, yeah, celebrate that win properly because you only get one crack at your first and you've done it yeah. in, in style there at Moranborough on the weekend. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning, Savannah. I'm sure it won't be the last time we catch up with you. <laughs> Hopefully not. Savannah McCann after her travel there at Moranborough on the weekend. Robin, as I said when we were talking to Louise, how good is it to be able to showcase some of these uh, people that are having their first like that? You only get one crack at your first, whether it's your first winner as a trainer or your first winner as a jockey or as an apprentice. And, and great to be able to uh, hear from both those ladies on Bush Beat this morning. And how good is it to have young apprentices willing to travel that far to get those winners and have such a level head about them? Uh, Tony, great to hear that uh, story this morning. Looking at what is coming up this week, when we were talking to uh, Savannah there, I was having a look at the calendar and thinking, I wonder if she's going to make it all the way out to Nuremar on the weekend. But no, she's <laughs> going to be off for uh, a week or so until she comes back at Gladstone, she said. So Saturday, uh, 1st of April, it's Nuremar Cup Day, uh, also racing at Home Hill, Innisfail and Mount Isa. Busy week ahead on the tab calendar. Mackay today, uh, the Rockhampton Country Cup program on Friday, leading into that big weekend with the Capricorn Yearling Sales. And as I mentioned, the two-year-old plate and the three- and four-year-old classic on Saturday at Rocky, plus the tab meeting at Toowoomba. Uh, Longridge, with their tab meeting coming up on Monday, is going to be a, a big, big day as well. You might actually make it back out there for that. I'm going back out on Thursday to uh, work back at Barker's News Agency, but I will be at the races on uh, Monday. And, of course, uh, Michael Charge from Sky Channel uh, will be there. Nomination just closing off at the 11 o'clock. Mark, sorry, what's here? I forgot to get that mention in. I'm sure the trainers knew all about it. But uh, looking forward to seeing those nominations for their first Monday uh, TAB meeting. And, uh, of course, that came off their successful meeting we'll mention shortly uh, on the uh, weekend, Tony. But, uh, yeah, it should be a, a really... And it'll be good to see also now the uh, on Sky Channel the dirt track surface uh, featuring on uh, Monday at Longreach. Yeah, we've had some of the grass tracks of the Outback recently with ones like Thangool and, and uh, Chinchilla and uh, Bar Calden gets their turn with the uh, Tree of Knowledge Cup coming up soon. But, yeah, some of the other Outback tracks will start to feature with some of these Monday Queensland uh, tab meetings as well. Let's continue on wrapping up the news from the weekend and make our way to Monto for the latest leg of the Burn It to the Beach series. Arnadou out on the outside of our Stormy Girl. They race together. Lieutenant is third from Gossio. No better affair back to fifth. Oh, followed then. Around the outside. Awesome spirit on the improve from still feeling it. Oh, so rewarding starts his run and hangry at the tail of the field. Zanadu just in front at the point of the corner. Lieutenant around the outside. Raced up to throw down the gauntlet. Lieutenant strikes the front as they enter the straight from Zanadu. Our Stormy Girl under pressure. Zanadu kicking. Zanadu and Lieutenant they'll fight it out. Lieutenant the outside just in front of Zanadu who's kicking. Lieutenant Zanadu. Lieutenant. Lieutenant beats Zanadu. Gossio third. 
Yes, the uh, red line Brangus burned to the beach benchmark 55 at Monto on the weekend, taken out by Tash Chambers aboard the Stephen Rundle trained lieutenant, defeating Zanadu and Gossio. And that was the uh, the ride by Tash Chambers that added to the girls' day out at uh, the Monto meeting where they rode the program yet again, Tony. And uh, we heard Steve mentioned at the beginning of the top of the show uh, about uh, Ken Russell. Well, the Ken and Gordon Russell Memorial Open Handicap featured on the day over the 1,200. And uh, that was the Ryan Tyrrell and Tom Button train rolling with the flow, Sophie Blunt. Uh, still claiming for Sophie, the apprentice, uh, got up for the win over Isis Camilla. And uh, in third place in that event was Krav uh, Kravitz. But uh, we heard Kelly Gates being mentioned with Trattini. Well, Kelly had a winner on the day, Cantor for Damien uh, Rideout. Uh, Tash Chambers, as we heard, with Lieutenant. And uh, the combination, Crystal Johnson and Hannah Richardson, uh, a very stylish win. Craig Lietner, I saw this race, the agitate filly missed the start badly and uh, proved too strong for the favourite white chocolate into the the run to the line so girls day out again yet at that time honored uh, monto meeting and as we often say isn't it wonderful to see the recognition with memorial races there was the arnie and renee a ride out memorial and the ken and gordon russell memorial as well as the gordon and evelyn hutton memorial as uh, as monto uh, honored uh, those past stalwarts of country racing tony it's seven legs down in the Burners of the Beach Series, Robin. Three to go. The next leg will be Wandai on Anzac Day. Burren Down with their annual meeting on the 6th of May and the last leg of Bundaberg on May 13. I'll tell you what, the uh, race for the jockey's title is heating up. Landon Sykes on 30 points, leading Kelly Gates on 29. Go back to Shania Willis on 18. Morgan Butler and Alicia Donald, 17 apiece. <clears throat> Pardon me. The horse title at the moment has James Atelli on top with 26 points ahead of comments on 23. Nine cigars and no better affair, 11 apiece. And Bob Murray heading the trainer's tally at the moment on 35 points ahead of Gary Clem on 26 and Kim Afford on 19. It sounds like a couple of those winners or those are leaders at the moment are almost home and hose, but there's plenty of points on offer when it's like 10 points for a win. And with three legs to go, there's still plenty of points out there in that Burn at the Beach series. Yeah, you are the keeper of the scores there, Tony. And I'll go to the uh, statewide country trainer and uh, jockey premierships. We'll have them in front of me here, but Tanya Parry. Uh, there's a real closing up of the leadership board here. Tanya Parry sits on 24 over Billy Johnson on 23, John Mansman 22 and Wayne Baker on 18. And in the jockey's uh, title, as we look at uh, results out of the Central West and Northwest, Robbie Farr kicked home a winner and that extended the lead to 28. But Jason Hubert getting a double out of um, Cloncar he came up to 20. So Robbie sits on 28, Tyler on 22 and Jason on uh, uh, 20 with the top 10 jockeys uh, ranging from 28 wins to 17. Uh, but it was at those two meetings, uh, Longreach and Cloncurry, that uh, those jockeys I mentioned, uh, Robbie Farr in particular, extending the lead. He had a good win in the open uh, handicap on Smooth Move. This was a horse uh, that uh, lost the jockey at the Bar Calden uh, meeting, uh, Sarah Robbins, which hope, or hopefully is recovering uh, quickly, defeated Zucas, an American genius. As we said, Tony, this club has its country tab meeting on Monday, something they're really looking forward to uh, with Chargy on board in the uh, on the on-course uh, tipping. I'm sure there's uh, going to be some good value there because at this time of the year, it's all about the horse's fitness, I think. And that showed through on the weekend as well because Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel picked up a double uh, with horses that, uh, well, in the case of prized artists taking the Class B, was third up on the day and uh, just too strong for the uh, horse resuming in use early. 
And then, of course, they combined with Bittersweet Pluck, uh, which had beat, was second up after a fourth at Bar, uh, Bar Calden. And again, a little bit too strong for a horse fresher on the scene in Mustafa. But I think the win of the day goes to uh, Ray Cowboy Herman, a horse that he's been telling me for the last, I think, 41 starts. Our young man, how how much potential this horse has and he's never lost faith in it Tony and Johnny Rudd and I believe it did its usual thing he was out the back but at start number 42 produced the first win for Ray Herman and you never know confidence might grow with this and uh, he'd had fitness on his side he came home and stormed over the top of I'm free and Tamsin but you don't often hear of the maiden winner being the star of the show but I think uh, Andrew Watts indicated to me even after calling the race his hands went up in joy that he saw our young man finally get up for the win and talk about an ownership group that does extremely well uh, the Carolyn family had a good win with Parkburn in the cutest for Mark Oates the Golden Archer coming off a second at Blackhall so those fitness runs come into play when you get to those meetings early in the season and great initiatives again they had a, uh, a draw for being in the membership there Dale Bignall of Isisford won the trip down to the Stradbroke uh, handicapped uh, later in the year and as well they had a 200 metre dash I think it was at the end of the day so all happening at the Longreach meeting as they prepare for their Monday tab country meeting. The Concurry meeting, which next race is, by the way, I'm pretty sure the 27th of May, the Battle of Bush Qualifier meeting. Again, Jason Hooper. Now, Jason has come into that leadership group with the double on the day. Uh, he had a good win with Sean Roy's on Zumarata, a horse that's coming of age, won its last three, including at Townsville. He also run uh, won with There's a Bear in there. Uh, there's the omen tip if you like your play school uh, shows uh, <laughs> Justin Borden trained and a uh, good win in the open handicap um, Jeffrey Felix had a good win on Cochrane for the second time and John Manserman uh, I'm sure had a big thank you to Jay Morris who looked after the horse after it won at uh, Mount Isa and interestingly I'm um, for Jay that uh, he had the odds on favourite not another Reby uh, but Cochrane just proving a little strong winning by a length for the spirit of Boone Galloper and Ted Snelling and David Sparks good to see David back riding uh, a win on Nakoni Rain and the other Jason as usual Jason Bavarich trained and ridden Mersey Girl a three-year-old filly by top echelon uh, taking the other winner of the day but I'm sure they'll be looking down to the Battle of the Bush qualifying meeting on the 27th of May your hometown has a very historic meeting that's run every year and I must you'll have a bit more detail I'm sure Tony but just look at the elements of what make up the Roma picnics the history it's been going since 1901 uh, the fact that it has these traditions that the presidents change every couple of years and uh, a new president combination uh, going in uh, after this particular uh, meeting where um, the current president Andrew and Sarah Harlan will make way for Rowan and Sarah Parkinson but look at country race meetings and what they do. We had a reunion there, and this is an article from, uh, written by country caller Harry Clark. Uh, they had a reunion there on the day that also led to a sponsorship of the last race uh, when Billy met Sally, I think it was called, or something along those lines. 
Bill and Sally uh, Nutting uh, met there 30 years ago. They married six weeks after being at the Roma picnics. And on the weekend, they went back with 60 people who joined them to have a tremendous day out at Roma picnics. It can only happen at a country race meeting. Romance uh, blossoms and go back and have a reunion. And on top of that, they sponsored the last race winner. Uh, that was taken out by last race uh, rider Brookie Richardson on Parco uh, for the Wayne Baker stable. But it was Craig Smith that dominated the day, uh, Tony. Uh, of course, you know Craig extremely well, and his stable is doing very, very well out at that uh, home track at Roma. Yeah, they had a great uh, weekend out at the Smith Stable. They've been uh, getting plenty of winners all over the place. I love that story. Uh, well done, Harry Clark, on the countrycaller.com.au, putting the uh, the details together and taking the time to, to get the background there from Bill and Sally. And uh, I love the comment from Bill. He said, I can't remember exactly when I met Sally at the bar. I was dressed in moleskins and RMs, pretending to be a country boy, which, of course, I wasn't. Uh, Harry asked, was it love at first sight? Sally said no, but it must have blossomed pretty quickly after that because they were married just six weeks after the, the picnics in 1993. Two adult sons later and 30 years on, back at the races with their big crowd there. I think that's a wonderful story. And as you say, Rob, it can only happen at country race meetings. Romance at country race meetings. And the other thing you can count on at Roma is Craig Smith is uh, with his particular treble on the day. Liv O'Donnell riding two of them, Rock My Dollar. And as well, she rode uh, Country Boys. He's one to follow. He's one of the two better than Reddies on the day. And his other winner was a better than Reddy, Winneba. And uh, also Parco for Wayne Baker and Candy Dawn brought up Wayne's double on the day. So uh, that's where Wayne's climbing that uh, trainer's premiership. Uh, but you can count on those sort of results coming out of Roma. And I'm sure they've got plenty of good meetings coming up in the near future. And just before we go, well, a quick shout-out to the uh, Streaky Bay Racing Club who had their uh, for their cup program on the weekend. I was looking back at some of my Facebook memories through the week and uh, amazed to think that it was nine years ago that I made it down to the 100th running of the Streaky Bay Cup. If you uh, ever want to see a good race meeting, they were standing something like 10 and 12 deep at the fence watching Port Royal come down the home straight there to take out the 2023 edition of the Forex and Streaky Bay Community Hotel Streaky Bay Cup. Brittany Wong in the saddle, uh, riding for Ashton Downing. And Rob, as a result of taking that uh, the Streaky Bay Cup out, that was the seventh leg of the Bill Holland series. And that meant that Brittany was able to actually take out the jockey's tally there on 25 points ahead of Siren Fork on 22. Des Courtney ended up being the uh, the winning trainer out of the series ahead of Garrett Lynch and Kylie McCurley. And Epaulette Prince was crowned the uh, champion horse through the series. And this is one that we've been following with a fair bit of interest uh, all the way through from December last year when the Bill Holland series started off at Sejuna. A couple of legs there before going to Lock and Port Lincoln, Penong and then the final leg at Streaky Bay. And thanks to Sam Finn from uh, Racing SA for sending me through the uh, the final tallies there to be able to uh, catch up on all of the uh, the results of the Bill Holland series there. But yes, Port Royal beating Have a Jewel and Give Peace a Chance in the Cup. Other winners on the day. Uh, the uh, opening race was the uh, Baz McGilvery Memorial Maiden Plate won by Rochelle Milnes, part of a winning double for Rochelle on the Jackie Stotzer train, Artie Miss. Uh, then they had the benchmark 62 and Lord Varis for Michael McLean uh, was one leg of a winning double for Nicola Ewan, defeated Isa Secret and Unicorny. Rochelle's other winner was on Good Archie for Simon Druid in the benchmark 54 trophy and Nicola's other winner was uh, for the Searle Callanan stable on He Will Boom in the uh, benchmark 62 over 1300 metres. And the sixth race of the day, the final event 
Grant was the 0-54 to 54 handicap. And it was Sino Witness for Zoe Lloyd uh, riding for Julie Branford and Hayley Dawood defeating Let Me Go and Hill Road Raider. From what I saw on social media, Rob, big crowd there at Streaky Bay, as they always have for their annual cup program. And well done to Peter McAvoy and his hard-working committee for yet another successful Streaky Bay Cup Day. Just another one of those uh, great country meetings this time in a different state you've been able to get to, uh, Tony, because uh, we all know how, how good they end up and attract people, as we saw with Roma, uh, with those 60 people heading out there. But uh, we've got plenty of it coming up next weekend as well. I just see Longreach with 67 nominations for that tab meeting coming through and, of course, uh, plenty of good meetings to report on next week on Bushbeat, as we love to do. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au with any updates or any stories and hopefully more further to report on next week, uh, Tony, as we come back to Bushbeat on a Tuesday. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thanks to Rob Luck, Louise Dillon and Savannah McCann for joining us on the show today. Good luck to the uh, country clubs racing this weekend. Noramar for their cup program on Saturday, along with the meetings at Mount Isa, Innisfail and Home Hill. And we'll be back next Tuesday at the same time on Radio Tab to report on all of that for you on Bushbeat.